This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. And great to be joined right now by Gail Simmons, uh, culinary expert, author, and one of the judges that you see each and every week on Top Chef. Gail, pleasure to have you with us today. Thanks for your time. Thank you, Dan. It's great to speak to you. Thank you. All right. So Mother's Day and the culinary industry, I think, goes hand in hand. I mean, I think we're all looking to take mom out for that special meal. Has it always been just kind of this automatic connection, do you think? Well, you know, Sundays are family days, and that's the reason that Mother's Day, Father's Day are always on weekends, that you can actually spend time with your family. And um, everyone's got to eat. Uh, and that's three meals to celebrate your mom or your mother figure or the, the women in your life who care for your children um, or for who care for you. So uh, I, I do think there's a connection because it's always in the spring. It means the weather's getting nice, hopefully, although... This year, I'm not sure if you're living on the East Coast. It's like 40 degrees today where I am. And I, uh, I just think that it is also inhabiting a space that was traditionally a space where moms lived the most, meaning the kitchen of a home. So Mother's Day is really a day to be about taking care of that person in your life. And if taking care of them obviously means nurturing them and maybe taking the load off of them a bit, then cooking for them when they are usually cooking for and caring for everyone is kind of what you want to do. And so there is a natural connection there, of course. How do you think the culinary industry looks at it? Because I would think they have to view it like almost like Easter or going out at Thanksgiving. You know, if you do that, I mean, this is a day where you are going to have a great chance of seeing a higher volume of traffic than maybe you did on, on, a, on a normal Sunday? Well, from a business perspective, I'm going to actually liken it more to Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day in the restaurant industry is sort of the most hated day of the year because everybody goes out, everyone wants the perfect night, but most importantly, it's all two tops and it's all dinners, right? It's all romantic dinners for two. So that is, you know, the challenge of a restaurant that all of a sudden it, you have to configure your dining room all over again and anticipate. I mean, it's not like, it's not like Thanksgiving where mostly a lot of people stay home, for example, it's, and, and it could have been a day off for your staff. Otherwise, everyone's working if your restaurant is open on Sunday and it's an opportunity to make money, but you have to reconfigure the way your restaurant runs a little bit to anticipate the crush of service. Now, in this case, that crush is at brunch, most likely. That's the traditional meal that people celebrate for Mother's Day. So you're reconfiguring brunch, which is already, if you know anything about the restaurant industry, not everyone's preferred service to work. Why? Because it means coming in early. It's um, everyone wants to be in and out. It's big groups. It's low average check costs because it's brunch. So no one's drinking that much. Although maybe Mother's Day they drink a little more. I plan on drinking a little more personally. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there are factors that go into reconfiguring your strategy as a restaurant to anticipate and be prepared for the Mother's Day crush. So I think that's what restaurants are thinking about. And it's also, by the way, an opportunity to do something special and make a lot of people happy, which if you're in the restaurant industry for the right reasons, is your raison d'etre anyway, right? Yeah. So hopefully there's a combo of the good and the bad that come with it. So you can make it work for you. How's the restaurant industry doing right now, do you think? And, and I ask that 
in the scope of what everything occurred for the three years during the pandemic. And now we're talking about inflation and we know food costs have been obviously a lot higher in the last couple of years. Yeah. And then there's the labor issues and, you know, it still feels like even though that maybe it's gotten better, it's still got a a ways to go. It certainly does. Um, We're not out of the darkness. Maybe we'll never will be, you know, we, there was so much learning in the pandemic for the restaurant industry because it was just a wake up call to the operations of the economy and how much our economy depends on restaurants, culturally, emotionally, and financially, but also how disparate that industry really is. It is not an organized, unionized industry like the airline industry, but it is an industry that employs and serves more people than any other industry practically. So it really affected us all. And restaurants are still reeling. We're coming out of it. There's openings. People are going out again. People are eating out. People are excited about restaurants again. But there are exactly, as you said, serious financial burdens that restaurants have not recovered from, specifically labor issues, finding staff, retaining staff, paying staff a living wage, um, simultaneously keeping the margins possible with the soaring cost of food uh, these days and real estate. So there's so many factors. Um, Thankfully, one of the great things that came out of the pandemic was the formation of the um, Independent Restaurant Coalition, the IRC, uh, founded actually by my co-host on Top Chef, Tom Colicchio, and a bunch of other incredible restaurateurs. And they were integral in in getting uh, the Restaurant Act passed and, and, and ultimately getting billions of dollars from the government to pay restaurants for recovery. And so that's a positive and it has helped enormously, but they are still out there hustling. So if anyone is listening and interested, check out the IRC on Instagram or go to their website, the Independent Restaurant Coalition, which is really helping restaurants recover. And if you are a restaurant that hasn't had access to this, to these funds, that's the place to go. We talked with Tom as that was all forming, uh, forming and, and uh, yeah. he, he really, I, I do, like you said, I give him a lot of credit to be able to help to, to put that together because I, 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 the concerns that were out there that he expressed, and I'm sure you did as well, about the potential numbers of restaurants that could have gone under uh, yep. is significantly larger than what we actually saw occur. Absolutely. And, and there's still, not out of it, as I said, they are still working towards yeah. it uh, because it, it is a it is an economy, the restaurant economy that still has many cracks in its in its uh, operations and uh, and in taking care of its employees because it's really made up of independent restaurateurs. So there isn't big groups with access to good health care benefits, family leave, um, you know, insurances, all these things that other other industries have. Um, you know, there's another organization that comes to mind that handles a lot of this called the Southern Smoke Foundation that has also been integral working very closely with the Independent Restaurant Coalition to provide access to healthcare, crisis funding, emergency services, mental health care, which is a major, major yeah. issue in the restaurant industry too, as it is everywhere right now. I yeah. mean, we're having a mental health crisis in this country, whether it's affecting teens or adults or children. I mean, we were all in it together and the restaurant industry is at the front lines. A uh, couple other things to, to bring up to you. One, which I know is on your mind is also uh, women uh, in the restaurant industry, but also women chefs 
and, sure. and, and the shortage or lack thereof of women chefs that are in that industry right now? You know, that's a, a big, that might be a whole other uh, episode, my friend. You know, it's, it's not so much a shortage as it is a historic lack of access. Um, and that's access at all levels. First of all, it's bringing women in, training them, um, and making it worthwhile for them to leave their homes and their children and their families. Um, it's a really biological issue in a lot of ways. Uh, then retaining women. So there's a lot of women at the, in lower positions in restaurants. It's certainly still not equal, but then keeping them, retaining them. Ten years in, if you start as a young cook and ten years in, you were 20, now you're 30. If you want to have a family, is it worth it to work evenings and, and holidays and weekends? And how do you balance that? And how do you make sure that you can care for your family, get health insurance, all these things that you need, uh, paid family leave, et cetera, um, that other industries offer? So retaining them and then giving women in the restaurant industry who are able to go through all of these obstacles and challenges and get to the level of being a chef or a restaurateur themselves, giving them access to investors, partners, support so that they can then be leaders. And it is the leaders who inspire more women to join the ranks, right? So we're talking about a systemic issue um, at, all, at all levels. And it is really difficult, but we are also making headway. It is an evolution, not a revolution, as we say in so many parts of our lives, um, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago, when I finished culinary school and entered kitchens, uh, I was the only woman in both of the kitchens I worked in yeah. um, as a, you know, as a kind of apprentice and then as a young line cook. And now that has changed a lot, but we're still in a big disparity. I think women in the restaurant world still make up less than 15%, I want to say. I don't want to be quoted exactly, but of the industry, especially in leadership positions. So we've got a lot of work to do. Finally, I wanted to ask you, we talk a lot about entrepreneurship, obviously on our show, and it feels a little bit like the, the, the show Top Chef and, and the people you bring on there, it's a little, it's got a little bit of that in it because you're talking about chefs that are kind of trying to make their way up and build their, their resume to be able to be seen. And, and it does feel a little bit like it's, a, it's got a little entrepreneurial flavor to it. Um, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head in a, in such a bigger way than people I, I believe understand. Being a restaurateur is being an entrepreneur, period. Being a chef and ultimately wanting to own your own restaurant and run your own restaurant is being a business person, is being a startup. I mean, restaurants are mostly independent. I'm not talking about major corporations and franchises and fast food chains, I'm talking about fine dining independent restaurants and it is all about entrepreneurship. It is all about the business and people forget that restaurants are businesses and it seems like the most simple sentence, but at the end of the day, you are running a business not to, not to, uh, you know, you're you're starting a business, not just to have a place to uh, brag about and bring your friends. You need to, yeah. Put asses in seats yeah. so that you can make money to pay your rent, to feed your family, to send your kids to college, to all the things, right? It's your business, it's your job, and that job is complicated and you are at the helm. And it's all about that vision of, you know, yes, you want to use your voice and your creative 
passion, but if you want to run a business as a chef, and these days chefs are the ones who are, who are not just in the kitchen quietly executing. They are the ones in front of the customer. They are the ones on television. They are the ones uh, owning those businesses. You need to have business acumen and you need to be a hustler and, uh, and an entrepreneur in every way. Gail, great to talk with you. Enjoy your Mother's Day, all right? Oh, we'll, thank you so much, Dan. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks again. I hope so. My pleasure. Be well. Thank you. Gail Simmons, culinary expert, author, and of course you see her as one of the judges on Top Chef. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.